Hello Life Changes Church, we are in our Move Again series as we look through the book of Exodus and how God took the Israelites out of slavery through the wilderness and into his promises. So why don't you grab a notebook and pen and enjoy this sermon. We also come to the end of our Move Again series and we've been preaching through the book of Exodus and God has been speaking to us. I trust you've allowed him to speak to you. As I've navigated this book, I've realized the pinnacle, as I thought going into the book, might have been the moment they came out of Egypt, the moment they walked through the Red Sea. What about Sinai and the moment God gave the commandments as these pinnacles? But I don't believe that to be the pinnacle of the book. I believe the pinnacle of the book when God has achieved what he desired, which was a people who were after his heart, a people who, when he moved, they moved, a people who trusted him. Even though for 400 years they had learned the waves of slavery, they learned now to trust him. I think this is the pinnacle, the last two verses. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. Say all. It means that in all their travels, whether times are good and the sun is shining, or whether times are difficult and there's no sun in the sky. I was in Qatar for four days. I didn't see the sky once as it was covered in a sandstorm for four days that you could barely see 100 meters. And yet if God chooses to move in those moments, God says in all the travels, in all moments, whether convenient or inconvenient, whether the sun is up or not, they would set up. And I want to tell you, move again. And the Exodus story was never about politics or geography, never about God proving his might and giving Pharaoh a spanking for being naughty. It wasn't that. It wasn't about God showing his party tricks of water from a rock and food from daily. Uh, the Exodus story and the move again, as it is for you and I today, is about the reality that we are free from the rule of Egypt in our lives. See, the challenge is we can leave Egypt, whatever your Egypt is. Maybe your Egypt is a, an abusive relation. Maybe your Egypt is a, a place of brokenness, a, a circumstance of life that creates rule in our lives where we are held down by poverty by a slave master in Egypt. God says, I don't want you to... I don't just want you out. I want you free from that rule. God says, actually, I want you free from the ways of Egypt. As for 400 years, they would have learned the ways. They are the ways of Egypt, the way they worship, the way they survived. He wants you free from that. I want you free from the supply of Egypt. That although it was the most successful nation of its time, it was a supply to a slave. It was just enough water, just enough food, just enough to keep you alive for 400 years. And God says, now I'm going to take you into a desert where there is no natural supply. And I'm going to show you the heavenly supernatural supply daily. Manna and quail. Daily. Water from rocks. I will show you that I'm the God who is greater than and not limited by. And God has done that with us over many years. And maybe you do know and you saw it on social media or you don't. This is a big news Sunday for Life Changes Church. As we have been on a journey, and we do it at our new partners, but we want to just recap. God has been so kind to us over so many years. In 1999, who remembers 99? The year of Y2K. All the IT guys are like, the world's going to come to an end. Don't be plugged in. Now, God said, I'm going to plant a church in Cape Town. I'm going to use an amazing couple named Wally and Shirley Gerstmeyer. A beautiful couple. I'm going to send them down with their two little girls. They're going to go to Jenny Land. This is how they're going to plant a church. They didn't build a building. They went to their neighbors, one by one by one, said, what night are you free? Invite them. And eventually they had life group on every night of the week because every neighbor chose a different night, you know. And Wally would say, yes, we have one then too. We have one then too. And that's how this church was birthed. 
And the story continued in um, 2001, continued to grow, moved from the, the um, Health and Racket Club into the Bloberg Library. Most of you don't even know such a thing as a library exists. There is a library in Bloberg. Um, ask a pair letter take, he probably knows where it is. It's, uh, and, and he used to meet in the Bloberg Library in 2004. This building that you see was built by a community of 70 or 80 people. They bought land, they bought the field, it was just bare open field. They decided to build, they pioneered and trusted God and God provided and they paid off this building profoundly to build and, and see God's grace and come. And the dream at those times where Wally wrote a dream document, it was like, imagine the car park filled. Imagine an evening community with young people pouring in here. Do you know that on a Friday night there's about 170, 180 youth that come in here on a Friday? It scares the living daylights out of me. <laughs> to be brutally honest. And yet we're hearing story after story of lives being impacted and affected. And it's a little bit messy and it's a little bit all over, but God is getting into the hearts of young people. That's the dream. A generational blessing. Not entertaining Christians on a Sunday, not topping up Christians for their journey so that they just creep into heaven. Ha, made it. No, that we live for something bigger than ourselves. And that continued in 2010. There was a pioneering of an evening service that was new. In the life of the story, there was a one morning service evening in 2013. Kans and I, who just, by the way, have been married for 18 years today. Shout out to Ken. She is a, she's a good thing. Good thing. And um, God has been so kind. 20, I, I think we, the story continued. 2016, we were full here, people upstairs, and everything was a bit pressure. And we said, what if we asked God? What, and God began to speak. He said, what about planting in Milneton? What about taking a community and taking people from this community and planting a community in Milneton? We planted a church in 2016 in Milneton High School. And it came with challenges. It was set up venues. You get there one Sunday. Gabe phoned me while I was on the way to preach there. And Gabe said, just to let you know, you're going to be preaching from an MMA cage. So that Sunday, I preached from an MMA cage. And, um, and then Gabe and I had an MMA wrestling match just to finish off church. And, um, but God, what God has done there, I remember when we said we want to go plant, it's the first people who put up their hands were people who are part of this building story, Henry and Jeannie George. They said, we want to go back to a school hall so that lives can be reached for the kingdom of God. I'm going, thank you, God, for pioneering people that you won't let your church get comfortable, too comfortable to go on mission. You won't get your church become so, so comfortable that they forget that the mission of God is not about us. It's about those who aren't here yet. And God continues. We planted in the city two years ago, and God has continued to lead us and guide us, and just to take a moment to refresh us of our mission and mandate. Because sometimes we come to church, and, well, the mission is to have Christian friends and to be, well, out of Egypt, but just a slaves on the run. No, it's not that. We're called to be a prophetic people who are testimony as we were in slavery, but God has set us free for a mission to take territory for the kingdom of God. And that looks like, again, we put it on the wall. I've told you before, it helps us. Reach far. We want to reach those who are far from God. That's not, uh, we don't want to reach further to more Christians who are further. No, we want to reach those who've never encountered the love of God and, and pull them into the story of God. And how do we do that? We do it by reaching and serving and loving and being a part of a great city called Cape Town and reaching beyond. And then secondly, to raise up, to see people who are broken and bruised come and be raised up into life and raised up into wholeness and raised up into confidence and raised up. God says, I want to use you to do that. And lastly, to release wide. 
And as business people go into boardrooms and teachers go into classrooms and people move out into the city during the week and then others move internationally, that the kingdom of God goes. And whether they go to Doha, I love going, sitting in the middle of the desert, and there's people, one or two people from this church who are now in Doha because they encountered God and God has moved them. going, thank you for the kingdom of God. God continues to pour out and speak to us and release us into more of what he's got for us. And the more faithful we are and the more we trust him for more, he loves to pour out. So it's a big news Sunday, and, and it revolves around this. Two, a, a number of years ago, I said, we moved into Milton High School to plant, and, and that became difficult, so we moved into another school, and then pandemic hit, and we oh, couldn't get a venue. And God has been so amazingly, amazingly generous to us. And I realize for you, maybe you're sitting here today, Mark, why are you telling us about Milton and Century City? I mean, we don't go there. I've never been there. And, and I'm not asking you to go there. What I'm telling you is God's got us on a mission. Gabe, I've just been with the most incredible people who are from here, who've been reached because of the faith of the story. And God commits to provoking his people to mission. He's provoking you to say, remind you that there's a bigger story than comfort. It's a bigger story. So the challenge of our time, the challenge of our age, as we've been through the last two years, is man's seduced by comfort. So my favorite thing in most of our worlds is checker 60, because I don't have to go out and shop anymore. (laughs) Yeah, some of you are laughing, because it's true. And and it's, it's, I I don't even have to, you don't even have to go to a video store to watch a movie anymore. You can watch on your TV, and you can just order whatever movie you want. You don't even have to go to a DVD store anymore. The local gathering place, remember, DVD stores. How's it? How's it? Oh, this one's out. I mean, our worlds have been seduced into smallness, and God's saying, not my people. Not my people, not my church. So he's challenging us, and we started to ask God, what does that mean for us? And move again was part of that. As he's speaking to us, I want you to keep moving, and when I move, you move. And our history has been one where we built this building in 1718, but God's calling us to reach again. And we realize he has led us away of being a multiplied people, a city story, a story of faith. And so last year we started a conversation to see what could God have for us. We were talking, and we have been in the years of pushing out the walls here, and we've been limited by zoning rights and a whole bunch of things. As you'll realize, churches are not always the flavor of the day. We're just not. I know you're shocked. You think, like, how could someone say no to this face? It's like... Even with a tear. It's amazing how many people can still say no. And um, we've challenged, and yet we've, God's led us. And last year, around the end of last year, someone came with an opportunity in Century City, facility that is perfect for church, zoned for church, set up for church, that was for rental. And we started to navigate and say, God, what is it that you have for us? Another move, another rental. And went back and said, hey, what if this was something more than a rental? What if it was a response to actually step up, put our feet out, to buy that field, to be a part of a story, and to step in and say, God, we're going to trust you to provide. And uh, you know, and if you've been here any time, we're not a church that cajoles. We're not someone who, I'm not someone who's going to cajole you into the mission of God. Now, I live very free in that space. Acts 2 plays out a description of a church where the life of God is pouring out, and there's generosity, and and there's miracles, and there's healings, and there's signs and wonders. There's everything we want to see in church. There's people getting saved daily, but it starts like this. They devoted themselves. I live incredibly free with the knowledge that my job is to preach Jesus. And then when people fall in love with Jesus, there's a commitment and a devotion to Jesus, to his kingdom, and to his story that he will sustain, that he will provide for. And my job is to encourage people and to live that life 
as the leaders in this church, to live their life sacrificially and authentically as possible in every way, shape, and form. And so God has led us on a way, and the big news is this. Our Century City campus that is currently at Sable Square in, in rooms that were designed for call centers and a whole bunch of things, and that has been amazing, are going to be on the move. Let me show you the new home of our Century City campus as we navigate. Watch this video. Welcome home. You say, maybe this is my home. Well, this is your home too. This is our family. God is reaching and serving. God has prepared a home for us. And um, maybe we've got one or two more photos that I can show you just to give you some context and, and give you some insight. This is the outside. It's called a parking lot. Isn't it glorious? <laughs> Look at it. Hold it. Look at that. Then that's the front. <laughs> and then we've got some more sides. But I want to show you just the location so you're aware, so you can tell your world and share. We are currently in Sable Square, and we're going to be just up the road along Bosmansdam Road, up in the corner. And here's the scenario. We have signed a lease as we have navigated with a wealthy man who owns property all over internationally as well. And he has shown us there. We'll tell the stories, stories as we go, but they've already been miracles. We shouldn't even be here. We shouldn't even be in possible range of being able to do this. And yet God has been so kind and made such an incredible way and shown us such favor in this process. And they've been, we've asked for extensions. On the very day we signed for the facility, there was another sign, another offer on the property, and subsequent to that, another offer on the property. And God has held it and used a man's heart to actually has no reason or agenda. He's not part of the Christian faith. He's not part of a church, and yet has made a way for us to be able to step towards this and step into more. But God, is, we have signed a lease to move in, and we'll be moving in ASAP, that community. And we'll have worship events there. We'll have moments where you can come and worship and see what God is doing there and celebrate what God is doing there. Secondly, but we're also moving towards, and we have the option and possibility for the remainder of the year to get to a point where we'd be able to put an offer to purchase on that property, which is what we'd like to do. And as we're navigating, and I'm telling you, I, I, some of you have met, you know my crazy mate Rory Da. You've met him. Have you? Some of you met him. Anyone met him? You've, you've heard him preach. He's just this most phenomenal man who during a, 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 a pandemic, a community built the most spectacular church and his stories of people who are not even in the church bringing gold coins. And I watch those stories and go, I want my stories. I'm tired of Rory's stories. I want my stories. God's going to do amazing things. And here's all I'm going to invite you to is be a part of something glorious. Be a part of something. And, and, and you know what? We're not checking, and I'm not going to check, and that's not how we operate. You know that. But I want to freely offer it, invite you to say, what's my part in this? And, and, and what's my part in being a part of making this possible so we can reach far, raise up, and release wide? But I'm going to call my mate, Mr. Gabriel Phillips, to come and share. Are you ready? Come on. Just... 
in this process of, of dreaming and, and, and strategizing and Mark uh, having death by Excel spreadsheets and just navigating all these amazing uh, intricacies and, and saying, could we, should we, is, it just seems in the natural, the wrong time, two years of pandemic, people tightening the belt and, and running out of notches and just feeling like, wow, we just, things are under pressure, left, right and center, the world's in a chaotic space. Is this not the time just to consolidate and settle down and ease our way back in? And, and actually, we're navigating this, and, may, and all the, in the, we, in the natural, it seems not, un, not the right time in the natural, but as we start to look in this opportunity and, and put our feet forward into in what God has for us, I must be honest, I, I got a little nervous. <laughs> You're like, ah, God, what's going on here? And God in His kindness, uh, for me, just to settle my own heart in this journey, I woke up one morning, and this is not the way I n- normally hear God. Uh, um, yeah, just, it, just, it, it just felt like this phrase was dropped in my heart, and I woke up in the morning with the phrase, by that field. And I, and I knew it was in the Scripture somewhere, so I turned to my more biblically literate wife, and I said, love, where is that in the Bible? And she said, I don't know. So we closed our eyes and turned to Google, um, and uh, Googled it, and it's in Jeremiah chapter 32, uh, something I hadn't read for a, a long, long time, and just that phrase, by that field, started to read it, and that night to the elders meeting, started to share this and say, this, this gave confidence to me, and while I'm sharing this, and Pele is almost falling off his chair because of the excitement, he's got bigger eyes, and he's, he's, he's Gabe, can I, I'm like, Pele, I'm talking, relax, you talk all day, it's my turn now. But Impelez wanted to say something because he is a lawyer, and the night before he was, uh, before he went to bed, he was reading um, a law textbook, as most of us do before we go to sleep at night. You know, just peruse a law textbook for light reading. <laughs> but what was remarkable, he said, why it was incredible. The night before, as he was reading that in, in a law textbook, it was recorded that the first uh, offer to purchase in the history of humanity was recorded in Jeremiah 32. He says, I read about this last night, but I highlighted it because I felt something on it. And I say the next morning, I woke up with this phrase, by that field. And suddenly he said, hey, this is not the workings of, of man. This is the hand of God that's on the move with us as a people. And I want to help us read that scripture today because I think it will give us confidence in what God's doing with us corporately, but also individually. Because this is transition for us as the people of God. Jeremiah 32 verse 25 to 27 says this, And yet, O sovereign Lord, you have told me to buy that field, paying good money for it before these witnesses, even though the city will soon be handed over to the Babylonians. Then this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? Let me give you the context, because that's an encouraging verse to me. But the context is even more so, because the context is not sunshine and roses. Jeremiah 32 starts off by telling us that the city of Jerusalem is about to be laid siege by the Babylonians. Their nation is about to be attacked and plundered, and they're going to all be ripped out of their homes and taken as captives to a foreign land and live there for 70 years. This is about to happen for the city. And the man, Jeremiah, who gets this word from God at this moment is in prison. Because he's told and warned the people that the Babylonians are coming, and they don't like that message, so they've thrown him in prison. This is not an ideal circumstance for this word to come, but in this cultural situation of the day, the Babylonians are coming, people are fearing for their lives. They're fearing for their livelihood. They're fearing for for their social standing in the world. They're fearing for what will come. What is the generational story? What will my kids do? They're fearing for the loss that's around them. So the nation is diverged into panic, and they're just on an all-out selling frenzy. 
The nation of Israel is selling land. They're selling property. They are, there's auctions happening, and land is going cheap, cheap, cheap. This is a time not to buy. This is a time to sell. It's a seller's market in this moment. They're selling, they're selling, they're selling. But in this incredible moment, in that moment, the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah, and he says, I don't want you to be selling. I want you to buy that field. And it's just this profound word, and, and this is the incredible reality because I think this is re- real for us at this time, in this day and age that we live in, that I believe God is saying likewise to you and I, buy that field. In a world where everyone else is selling out, the people of God, it's time to buy in. Buy in on what He is doing. Because you see, the context goes even further. It says, buy the field, get the title deed of the property, bury it in the land, and, when, and then, I'll, then you're going for 70 years to Babylon to live as, uh, as people in exile in Babylon there. But God says, I will bring you back to this land, and I want you in faith, knowing that I will bring you back to buy this field, bury that property deed in the, in the, the land, and when you come back to this land, as I will do, as I will bring you here back into this land, he says, everyone else who, who doesn't believe this message will be scrambling for property, but you'll be able to stand on that field with that property and say, I trusted God, and he was faithful. This is the incredible invitation. That's a reminder to you and I, and I think I need to remind my own heart this, that the conditions are temporary. But the call of God is permanent. The conditions are temporary. Let me tell you that that anxiety in your home right now, temporary. But the call of God is permanent. That financial stress that you feel at night, how am I going to make it through? Temporary. Call of God, permanent. That that situation, that diagnosis, that pain, that, that antagonistic boss, that relationship that's gone sour, what's going on in your marriage, temporary, the call of God is permanent. And too often the enemy wants us to sell out and say, I'm, I'm done on temporary things. But God said, no, I want you to bind into eternal things. I want to remind you my call is still enough. This is why we are so excited because number one, I want to charge us life changes this season to buy into the promises of God. Buy into the promises of God. There was a prophetic word that was spoken into the very DNA of this church before all of us were here, that this church would be a launching pad and not a landing strip. And that was the prophetic word spoken into who we are. And it's been incredible to see one, time, one moment after another, God has always been launching us into more, launching us to more, launching us to more. And it's not the gift of a leader, but it's actually the call of God on a people to launch us into more. When everything inside of us wants to, be, wants to settle down, everything inside of us wants to say, let's keep it here, keep it here, keep it here, as Trevor Noah once said famously. Everything in us wants to just, wants to just let's be secluded, sanitized, safe, get behind our four walls, and let's just keep it here, and let's move along. No, God says, no, I've not called you to that. A.W. Tozer says, it's time to throw down the white, ficket, uh, or the white picket fence of, of religion and pick up the danger-encircled path of obedience. I love that image. That actually it's time to kick down the white picket fence. The time to kick down that, that secluded, safe, sanitized religion. So actually I'm stepping to the danger encircled path of obedience. You see, if we don't do that, if we don't step out into obedience at this time, if we don't keep stretching and trusting God for the more that he's got for us, the call of God in our lives as individuals and as a church, we'll end up in a place called compromise. And compromise finds it in its root word is that word come, promise compromise. It's actually saying when we compromise, when we, when we don't confess our sins, when we don't trust God, when we don't step out in faith, when we aren't obedient to what He's put in our lap, can I tell you we end up compromising. Basically, we're saying, I don't believe your promises, God. Yeah. I want to tell you, when everyone else is selling out, it's time to buy in. Buy in on what God has spoken. He is faithful even when we are faithless. Secondly, buy into the people of God. I, I, I want to tell you that 
This right here, life changes and, and, and right in front of me is my dream church. This is my dream church. I am getting to be a pastor in my dream church. Not because of buildings. Not because of a, a brand name. Not because of some level of influence. No, no. Because of the people. Because of you guys. It's my dream. Because of Beth and Art, this is my dream church. This is, this is my dream church. Because of Wayne and Jen, Dave and Kasha, this is my dream church. Because of you. There's Mark mentioned them, Henry and Jeannie George, who are in their late 70s. But rewind 20 or so years ago, they were part of the original 70 who built this building. They sacrificed their own personal finances to build this building for the generations to come. Then we said we're going to go plant in Milnerton. They were some of the first people to put their hands up saying, we'll come with you and set up church from scratch every Sunday and pack it down. In our, in our early 70 years, we'll do that at this moment. Then last week, as we preach a Move Again series, Henry and Jeannie, who've been battling health challenges for the last two years, literally playing tag, you're in hospital. No, you tag, you're in hospital for two years. But now as they get out of hospital, 70s, almost in his 80s, he says, actually, I'm signing up to be a barista and learn how to serve because I believe in people. Those are... It's my dream church because of Henry and Jeannie George, people who buy in again and again into the people of God. And I want to tell you, that's the series. Move again. Moving is easy. Move out of Egypt, easy. Moving out for the first time out of the Red Sea, I'm being like, wow, that's exciting. Can I tell you what disqualified the people of God and why they didn't enter into the promised land? Was the again part. Because it's hard once you've heard a leader speak for 40 years, you start discounting that voice. You've heard the people of God around you start getting frustrated and irritated and say, I've been here before. I've been a part of a church that's done this before. I've seen this thing go down before. The, the mark of a mature believer is the ability to move again. Amen. And again, though the city is about to be laid siege, though I'm feeling like I'm imprisoned, I can still hear your voice and move again. That's what God is wanting to do for you and I. It's not a time to sell out. It's a time to buy in. And thirdly, I want to tell you, buy into the future. Buy into the future for the generations to come. Yeah. That actually we are living right now, not for tomorrow. We're not living for next week. We're living for 10, 20, 30, 40 years time when actually people, other generations say there was a people in Tableview. There's a people in Cape Town this time, this season, who chose to believe God. And they'll tell the faith stories of a people who don't, do not rely on temporary conditions, but said, no, we believe in a permanent call. We'll keep sacrificing. I remember when, during the height of the pandemic, driving around and the city closed, churches closed, and in a moment of weakness, I said to Fia, I said, Fia, what if nobody comes back to church? Like, literally, what if we say, we're back, and there's the doors, no one's coming. We're like, whoa. And I was a little bit nervous, so I'm being honest. But Fiona said, Gabe, the city's got three million people. If no one comes back, we'll reach some more. And something burns in me. I'm so grateful you did come back. But I want to tell you, you came back to church to reach the city. You came back not to do business as usual. You not came back not just for a Sunday service. You came back because we're not called to be a church on a block. We're called, as Jesus said, to be a city on the hill, the light of the world. That is who we are called to be. And the world is saying the church, sell out. There's scandals rife. There's frustrations rife. People saying, ah, oh, the church, look at the church. And everyone is selling out on the church. I tell you, it's time to buy in again on the, to the church. She is still the hope of the world. Now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known. This is the call of God for eternity that still resides on you and I. It's time for us to arise and shine. Our light has come. I tell you, the world's conviction lists are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Don't believe that anymore. Don't fully convinced about church. I'm not fully convinced about XYZ theology. Uh, did God really mean that? 
The lists are getting shorter and shorter and shorter, and the world is selling out on conviction. Tell you it's time for the people of God to buy into conviction again. What has God spoken? We'll believe. We'll believe and we'll step out in faith. Buy into radical worship again. Buy into radical sacrifice again. Would you buy into radical serving again? Would you buy into radical generosity again? Would you buy into radical hospitality again? Would you buy into radical faith again? Would you buy into radical church again? Would you buy into radical Jesus again? Would you buy into the, the promises of God, the people of God, the future of God? I'm inviting you. We are inviting us, our own fickle hearts that want to retreat behind the white picket fence to say, I'm going to step in and buy that field. Not just in the physical, not just the property, but this is a spiritual thing that God's doing for us, for our city, for the world. I believe this is our time. Why don't we stand to our feet? There's a story in 2 Samuel 23. The Philistines are coming against the people of God, and it says there's a battle against the people of God in a lentil field. All the vegans here, give me a wave. Lentil fields, that's your place. Come on. But there's a battle in a lentil field. And it says that all the Israelites were fleeing. But it says there was one man named Shammah. It said he stood in the middle of the lentil field. He stood in the middle of that field. And it says this, that he beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought a great victory. I believe this is the time for us to stand in the field. It's the time for us to buy that field. When everyone else is selling out and running for the hills, we're a people who's going to stand. Maybe it feels like it's not the right time. Our city is under siege. Our world is under siege. Maybe personally for you, like Jeremiah, you feel imprisoned. You feel discounted. You feel discouraged. And you feel this is not the time. The Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Is anything too hard for me? Is anything too hard for me? We've seen miracle upon miracle already, but we believe this is just the start, that God is ushering us into a season of radical faith. And I want to release the gift of faith today for you, for your homes, for your families, for the future, because God has not forgotten His promises. He has futures for you. Why don't you lift your hands right now? Last night I was walking around my lounge with headphones blaring and I felt the courage of God to declare faith over us as a people. Lift them as high as you can. I can preach, I can cajole, I can dance, we can sing. But actually the spirit of the living God wants to pour out faith for your families, for your futures, for your, for your city, for your jobs, for your sons, for your daughters, for your healing, for your, your courage. God says actually I've not forgotten my promise. Right now, I thank you, Spirit of the living God, fall upon your people. I pray for a by that field spirit to raise up. When we say, but I'm divorced, I'm bereaved, I'm feeling sick, I'm tired, my children are disobedient, I haven't slept in days. God says, conditions are temporary, my call is permanent, I have not left you, I have not left you, I'm holding you, I'm sustaining you, I have a vision. I thank you, Father God, we do this right now, faithful our hearts, not for our name, but for your renown, for your fame and your glory, your renown alone. Jesus, we choose to lift our eyes. Right now, lift your eyes, church. Lift your eyes. See Jesus, who has purchased men for God. Jesus, who says, you are the light of the world. Let's lift up our voices. Let's worship Him here. We worship you, Jesus. We give you all the praise, all the honor. Thank you so much for watching and listening. That was an amazing sermon, and we love seeing what God is doing in and through our lives as we move through the book of Exodus. So, if you'd like to find out more or give the rest of the series a watch or listen, head over to our website, follow us on social media and get connected. We'll see you soon.